you have not done so already, to get back there in the back and sign up for the fall festival, uh, the things that we've got um, going on where you can help, uh, lots of little ways that you can help. And so let's get those uh, filled up if you've not already signed up uh, for them. Uh, let's get signed up uh, tonight, and that'll be a great big help, weight off our shoulders uh, to get that taken care of. And so thank you in advance uh, for your help with that. Brother Danny. Good evening. All right, so my letter tonight I chose was Fred and Joyce Wall are missionaries in Haiti. I find this one to be pretty touching, so hope you guys find it the same. So they state, uh, greetings from planet Haiti. We're thankful to have this opportunity to bring you an update on what's happening here in Haiti, as well as what's happening in the USA. First and foremost, we'd like to say thank you for everything that you do for us, and thank you for your response in situations that our wife and youth and myself find ourselves in. Because of your love and concern, your love gifts and offerings and sacrifices that you and yours are making are especially your prayers. We are thrilled that things are going as well as they are with us today. So let me start here in Haiti in our present location in North Central Plateau. Beautiful sunshiny days need rain in the evening time and in the last three months we've only received 23 inches of rain. All our other concern, uh, cisterns are full of water and their crops are thriving with an abundance of vegetables and rice. So the owners of those gardens are doing well. Harvest time is fast approaching and everyone's looking for good crops this year. Let's see. As for the rest of the country, especially in south capital Port-au-Prince and the outlying areas, gangs still control and dominate this area by approximately 80%. People are being abused, raped, burned alive, killed, kidnapped, in alarming numbers. Unfortunately, if God does not interfere on their behalf, they have no hope whatsoever. Kenya has promised a thousand armed personnel to come to the aid of Haiti, but we've seen nothing yet. We have no idea when that's going to take place, but the people are excited about the possibility of having a different reality. The price of goods and schools and other comedies in this country have taken a 40% or higher hike. We all can relate to that. Our people here are already hurting enough as it is, and things have just multiplied. Some go without, some go with, and so on. Thank you for those who send help for the parents of our immediate aid to get our cool schools for our kids going. It was a big help. I'd like to say that my wife has been taken off. As, I can't pronounce the name, so I'm not going to butcher it, but it's a real expensive cancer medication. And she is now on heavy chemo. Been on heavy chemo for several months, and the cancer has penetrated her kidneys and a threat to her liver. The Mayo Clinic is uh, hopeful for the chemo and it will destroy the bad protein causing these problems. She takes seven hour doses starting in October as it was told to us in August. So please pray that everything will go well and she'll have some relief. 
last section, they talk about schools in the area will begin in September. They're starting more Bible studies. The Lord has blessed them with 28 new applicants. The schools in the gang control the area, but this particular section has no control at this point, at this present moment. This makes three years with no school, and now we have 28 applicants to start up a school. And they end with, God bless each other and every one of you, Luke 6.38, and keep you and all your healthy. Come see us when you will. We'll leave a light on for you. Thank you. Uh, pray, continue to pray for the walls. Uh, I guess um, we've been supporting them since about the, the beginning of them going to the field. And um, they've been... Uh, they've been missionaries since Isaiah's days, I think. I mean, they've been over there a really long time doing a great work. And unfortunately, um, you know, sometimes we don't, we don't think of it, but the, 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 very, uh, the very poor are hurt the worst by these, you know, raising, raising of prices and the economy the way it is. And uh, it's not just here. Uh, it's everywhere. And... Um, uh, when we went, uh, when we went on our um, our, our trip uh, on vacation, uh, we were um, uh, in a place where a guy was driving us, and he said, "You have two sides of the island." He said, "You have uh, the very, very, very wealthy," and he said, "You have the very, very, very poor." And he said, "With the change of the economy, um, the wealthier." The wealthy got wealthier and the poor got poorer, and uh, he said that's just that's just the way it goes. And uh, a lot of people struggling uh, over in Haiti, and um, in a lot of different ways, not just economy-wise, uh, but um, persecution-wise, and um, and 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 unrest um, uh, that's going on over there with the gangs, and uh, just a just a, a terrible. Um, terrible ordeal over there and um, when there's no law listen to me when there's no law the people rule and um, uh, we have proven uh, that we are not good rulers and um, it's just a mess uh, over there and uh, in other places just reading today um, uh, a lady in California which you know California is the land of the fruits and the nuts and um, I think, you know, physically and mentally. But um, they, this lady got into this Airbnb that this guy was renting, luxury Airbnb. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous Airbnb. And um, she decided she doesn't want to leave. And she has been in this Airbnb for 500 140 days. Can you imagine? I mean, how in the world is she still there? Is is my question. Uh, but you know, you got when you got wackadoodles in charge, and um, and there's no you know there's no law. It's it's like it's like somebody coming in, breaking into your house, and getting hurt and suing you, and winning because they got hurt in your house that they were breaking into. And um, that's the kind of stuff we're seeing anymore. And um, they've been seeing that stuff in Haiti for a very, very, 
very long time. And so uh, pray for the Walls and, um, uh, and uh, the ministry. Uh, pray for Miss Wall. She's struggled with her health for quite a while now, uh, but continue to remember um, her to the Lord in prayer. And um, if you've never got an opportunity to um, uh, meet uh, Brother Wall, he's just a, just a great guy, just loves the Lord and just wants to serve uh, just wants to serve the Lord. You heard uh, uh, about their cisterns. Uh, imagine you have no water if it doesn't rain because that's where they live. Um, the, they catch the rainwater in these cisterns, and if it rains, they have water. If it doesn't rain, they don't have water. And um, so lots of different challenges over there in Haiti. And so continue to pray for, uh, pray for the walls. Uh, we voted uh, to send uh, uh, $5,000 to uh, the Anchetas. Uh, but some people give uh, above and beyond that. So I'm so excited uh, to let you know that we're sending somewhere around $7,000 uh, to the Anchetas uh, to help them get their land and um, and build their building there in the Philippines. And so exciting things going on, uh, 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 and uh, we're so excited uh, about those uh, uh, things and uh, looking forward to hearing some good reports uh, there uh, from the Philippines as well. Joshua chapter 24. I want to finish up my thoughts uh, when it comes to um, Joshua 24 and and. Um, we read verses 14 through, uh, through 18, but uh, Joshua gives a plea here, a plea that we're pretty familiar with. And uh, you, see the, you see this in pla- on plaques, you see it in, in, uh, in picture frames, you see it on people's doors. Uh, but it's found here in Joshua chapter 24 uh, when Joshua uh, says this, and, it, and if it seem evil unto you, to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. So listen, if you don't think it's right to serve the Lord, and then, 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 then serve the... You know, that's what Elijah said. You remember how long Halchi between two opinions? If God be God, then follow Him. If Baal be God, then follow Him. Make a choice. Decide. We talked about this morning. Uh, when it comes to being a child of God, first of all, you have to be saved. And then second of all, you have to be a servant and um, Jesus came, understand this, Jesus came to this earth not to be a king. He was already a king, right? He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. What did he come to this world uh, to be? He became a servant. Matter of fact, uh, the Bible says uh, a servant unto death, uh, even the death of the cross. And he came uh, to serve everywhere Jesus went. He served. Matter of fact, one of the prime examples is when he was with his disciples and he began, he girded himself and began to wash their feet. Remember that story? And he goes down and he gets to Peter. Boy, if I can relate to anybody, I can relate to Peter. You know, Peter. Peter was always opening up his mouth before he should and saying things he probably should have thought through before he said them. And uh, I, I, can, I can relate to Peter. He gets down to Peter and, and says to, and Peter says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, you're not washing my feet. I should be washing your feet. By the way, Peter got it right. He just didn't quite understand everything was going on. And, and, uh, and Jesus said to him, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to wash your feet. And if I don't wash your feet, then you have no part in me. And you remember what Peter said? 
start at the crown of my head and go all the way down to the tips of my toes. He said, wash me, wash me whole, wash me clean, because he wanted to be a part in Christ. But what was Jesus doing? He was serving. Everywhere he went, he was a servant. And if we're going to be servants, we talked about the first thing this morning. If we're going to be servants, we've got to stop straddling the fence. Choose. You know what, you, you know what Joshua said, right? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hey, you do what you got to do. This is Joshua's point. Joshua's point is, listen, I, I've got an answer for my family. You've got an answer for your family. i got an answer for me. You've got an answer for you. And so you do what you feel is right. You do what you think is right. But as for me and my house, as the leader, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be the right example. <coughs> we're going to serve the Lord. And so we've got to not straddle the fence. We've got to uh, choose, uh, if you would, uh, a side, if you would, and um, choose which side you're going to be on, as Moses said who is on uh, the Lord's side. And so you got to choose which direction you're going to go in because you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't do it. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. So let me give you several more things. If we're going to be, if you decide, listen, let me tell you something. I'm saved. Remember, that's step one. you got to be born again. you got, you got to be saved. you got to know Christ is your Savior. So I'm saved. I know Christ is my Savior. I want to be a servant. I want to serve God with my life. And if you want to serve God with your life, then number one, you need to quit straddling the fence. Number two, you need to stop being a follower and start being a leader. You stop being a follower and start being a leader. What do I mean by that? Now, I don't mean you have to stop being a follower of Christ because we're all supposed to be followers of Jesus Christ. Be followers of God as dear children, the scripture says. And so we need, to, we need to follow Christ. But as we follow Christ, we need to be leading the way. You know what the Bible says? That we are to be examples of the believer. We're supposed to be examples. We're supposed to be saying to other people, this is what it's like to be a believer. This is what it looks like to be a Christian. At your workplace, uh, uh, at your uh, at your schools, uh, uh, in the community, amongst your family, most of us—I dare say—all of us in here have people that we work with, people that are in our family, people that are in our neighborhoods that we know that are lost, that they need Christ. Do you know what you're supposed to be? You're supposed to be an example. You're supposed to stand out. You're supposed to be a, a, a follower that lets his light so shine among men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. But you know, the world may look at you and think you're crazy. The world might look at you and think you're a fanatic. I mean, I mean how many times do you go to church? In a week? How much do you give in the offering? How often do you read your Bible? I mean, what? I mean, they ask you, if they don't ask it out loud, they're asking in their head. I understand. I, I sat down one time and we were trying to get a loan for something. This was years ago in our early ministry. And, and uh, they were asking for, you know, our, our, you know what, what we pay out in bills. And, and one of the things I put is, is my tithe. 
And, and that loan officer said this to me years and years and years ago. You wouldn't have a problem if you'd stop giving so much to the church. Now, I'm not saying stop give to the church. I'm just saying, you know, cut that in half. Bring it back a little bit. Do you really have to give that much? And by the way, back in those days, it wasn't that much. <laughs> Didn't have that much to give. But, there, you know, the world doesn't understand it. Do you understand? The scripture says that God gives us a peace that passeth all understanding. Right? You can have peace in the midst of a storm. You can have peace in the midst of a problem. And it's kind of hard to explain because it passes, uh, it passes logic. It passes understanding. And being a Christian, listen, not everybody's going to understand. Not everybody's going to understand what you do or why you do what you do. Not everybody's going to understand that, hey, uh, I do this because I love God. Hey, I do this because I love people. Hey, I do this because I love the church. And sometimes people, by and far, the world does not understand that. They have no clue why you do what you do. So what do we need to do? We need to stand out. We need to stand out. We need to stand up and stand out. You know what? You know what's happened to the church. You know what's happened to the average believer. We've become more like the world than like God. We look more like the world. We talk more like the world. We act more like the world. Often, you can go into churches today, and you wouldn't know if you were in a church or in a country club. Preachers aren't preaching out of the Word of God anymore. I mean, we're just, having, uh, we're just having story time. I mean, uh, one preacher said, we got preacherettes preaching sermonettes to Christianettes smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I don't know if it's that extreme, but, you know, it's just absolutely crazy. We are, we're, instead of influencing the world, the world is influencing the church. Now, let me tell you something, church. We need to stand up. We need to say, no, wrong is wrong, and it's wrong for everybody. Right is right, and it's right for everybody. This is what we do. This is why we do it. We stand up and be a leader for the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse, uh, verse number 8. 1 Peter 5. Verse number eight, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Number three, take your Christianity seriously. Be sober, be vigilant. You know, he's not talking about sober here. He's not talking about the absence of alcohol. He's talking about seriousness. Being serious. Listen, I love to have a good time just like everybody else does. And by golly, if you can't smile in church, then some, you're, you're, you're in trouble. Okay? If we can't laugh in church, then we're in trouble. If we can't have a good time at church, we should be able to have a men's meeting or a ladies' meeting or a worship service and, 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 have, a, and have a great time. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know, there's a time to be sober. 
There's a time to be serious. People, real people are dying and going to hell. I mean, we got preachers preaching everybody into heaven. I mean, everybody into heaven. We got these celebrities that are coming out talking about how much they love God and how much they, and they don't look any different than the rest of the world does. I'll tell you something, church. We've got to step up according to the word of God and be sober when it comes to God's word. Be sober when it comes to the fear of God. Be sober when it comes to living your life by faith and realizing that there's some things that we need to stand up and stand out for. Be sober and be vigilant. Why? Because the devil, the devil, he's on attack He wants to ruin your life, ruin your family, ruin your church, ruin this nation. And he's on the fast track of accomplishing just that. Be sober. Be vigilant. There's a time to have a great time, but then there's a time to wake up and pay attention. There's a time to to take your head out of the sand and realize that we're living in the last days. To realize we only have a short time here on this earth and we best be about our Father's business. Well, I tell you, time ticks on. Some people, they seem to live forever. (laughs) Now, they don't, obviously, in this world. Miss Page... She's 92, 91, 92 years old. Her roommate is 99. I'm thinking to myself, I guess I'm only, I'll be 51 in a couple months, but I don't know that I want to get to 99. I mean, I just, I'm already in bad shape at 50. You know, I can't imagine, you know, another 50 years. I mean, that's a long time. Some people live, but some people don't live long at all. Some, some people live a very short life. What is your life? James said, it's just a vapor. It's here for a little time, and then it vanishes the way it's gone. And we, we've got to get serious about our Christianity. We've got to get serious about the things that we do for the Lord. We've got to get serious about being a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Be sober and be vigilant. Pay attention. Let me tell you. One of the worst things that you can do in the military is fall asleep on your watch. <laughs> Don't get caught doing it. I mean, you, you, you do what you have to do. And sometimes uh, some would be on such... I mean, you know one of the reasons I don't drink coffee? Never been, never been much of a coffee drinker. One time in the military, boy, uh, I, I had to take a double, a double watch. I took somebody else's watch and I... And I Man, I was having a hard time sleeping, and one of my buddies goes, listen, all you got to do is chew on some, chew on some coffee beans. He said, it'll, it'll wake you up. So I'll try, man, I'll try anything. I mean, I was a Mountain Dew drinker at the time, and I'd drink, I made drink a case of Mountain Dew, and uh, it's probably why I'm diabetic. But anyways, I'd get the, so I got this little bit of uh, uh, coffee grounds, and poop popped in my mouth, started chewing on them. Whoo, two things. Number one, you never... Get the taste out of your mouth. I still taste coffee to this day. And number two, you, it keeps you awake. You never fall asleep. 
I've seen them grind it up and stick it in their eyes. Stick it under their eyes. I've seen them do some crazy things to stay awake. Why? Because when you're on watch, you better be vigilant. When you're on watch, you better be sober. Why? Because the enemy's out there. I remember sitting on the, uh, uh, the, the bow of our boat and sitting in this chair and being on mine watch. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. You have to sit up there and you had a pair of binoculars and you had, to, you had a, 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 a telephone talker and, and, and you had to uh, uh, talk up to the bridge and you had to tell them every time you saw something in the water. Man, if they didn't hear anything from you and they came down to check on you, and you were sleeping, you took the next mind watch too. And, and then the, the, the mind watch after that. Why? You know what their point was? Listen to me. What if this ship hit a mine? By the way, if you don't know what happens, it's kapooey. Right? And guess who's the first one to die? <laughs> you sitting in the mind watch. You're on the bow of the boat. You know, you're sitting around the, 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 the bow of the ship. And so, Kaboom, take it serious. Listen, we have an enemy. The enemy's the devil. And the enemy's trying to wreck you, and he's trying to wreck us, and he's trying to wreck our church. And I'll tell you something, church, we better open up our eyes and realize, be sober and be vigilant. Number four, quit straddling the fence, stop being a follower, start being a leader. Uh, Take your Christianity seriously. Number four, make your stand a public one. Make your stand a public one. Don't be a secret disciple. Stand up for what's right. You remember those three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? What a great story that is. They stood up to the king, stood up to the nation, and they did it publicly. Not privately. They did it publicly. They did it in front of everybody. They were not ashamed. By the way, the scripture says that we should never be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I mean, we ought to to stand up and stand up publicly and stand up proudly. It's absolutely amazing to me that There are more people that stand up more proudly to be an American than to be a Christian. And they're not synonymous, by the way. They don't equal each other. There are people that are proud Americans that are not Christians. And we need to realize that they don't always go together. They should go together. Don't misunderstand me. But they don't always go together. We ought to stand up. We ought to, we, ought to, we ought to pray publicly when it comes to our meals. We ought to, I mean, we ought to be ashamed of that. We ought to never be ashamed of publicly sharing our faith with somebody out in, the, uh, in, the, in a convenience store or uh, out, in a, uh, out in a Walmart or wherever we might be. This whole idea, you see these signs that say, no soliciting. You do know what no soliciting means, right? Because we're very, very confused by that. Soliciting means you're trying to sell something. I've been, I've, been, I've been asked to leave before because I was witnessing in a neighborhood. It clearly says no soliciting. And I clearly sell them, I'm not selling anything. What I'm giving away, I'm giving away, I'm giving it away for free. 
I'm not trying to sell anything. No soliciting doesn't mean that you can't be a witness. I get it. I'm for no soliciting. I don't want to buy your stuff either. Every store you go in. Do you ever see that anymore? To stop the tractor supply today and the Boy Scouts are selling something there. And you go to Kroger and the Girl Scouts are selling something there. And you go here and somebody else is trying to sell something there. And, and every place, by the way, every place wants you to round up. Want you to, I mean, they're, all, they're, trying to, they're always trying to sell something. We're not selling anything, folks. We're sharing our faith. We're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ so that others might hear, so that others might know, so that others might be saved. Don't ever be ashamed to stand up for what's right. Don't ever be ashamed to stand up for Christ. I'm not saying you'll never be persecuted because sometimes you may be. But I'm going to tell you something. He's worth being persecuted for. Let's not be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Let me give you the last one. So if you're going to serve the Lord, stop straddling the fence. Stop being a follower. Start being a leader. Take your Christianity seriously. And make your stand a public stand. And then number five. Count the cost and finish the course. Count the cost and finish the course. It's not always how you start, but how you finish. Remember what Paul said? I fought a good fight. I finished my course and I kept the faith. You know, so many people start and then they just, they never go anywhere. They never amount to anything. I was watching a little documentary on somebody that probably half the people hate and half the people love. Name was Tom Brady. And Tom Brady was the sixth round draft pick, 199th pick in the draft. Six quarterbacks were drafted before him. Six quarterbacks were drafted before him. And they were talking about those six quarterbacks that were before him. Of course, he's, you know, seven rings. They're liable to put him in the Hall of Fame before, you know, he's even, you know, supposed to go in. And, you know, you never tell him what he's going to do. Okay. Now, as a football player, I don't want to talk about them as a man or what he, you know, what he's done outside. I'm talking about as a football player. So you're talking about all these six six quarterbacks that were drafted before he was, and this one is selling selling insurance, and this one owns a a farm somewhere. He's not, you know, he's not playing. He only played two seasons, and this one over here, he, he was the backup, and he's no longer in the NFL, and this one's a, and they all started strong. They all got picked early. But, man, they, they finished pretty weak. Reminds me of a lot of Christians. They start off strong, and they start off with all this faith. Do you remember when you got saved? Do you remember when you trusted Christ as your Savior? If you were older like I was, I remember after I got saved, I remember I, I could have charged hell with a squirt gun. I mean, I was ready to do battle with the devil. I mean, I was ready to tell 
everybody about my faith. I was so excited. All those burdens were lifted. I mean, I just, I was so naive after I got saved that I thought all my problems are gone and I'm not going to have any more. Nobody ever told me that. I just, I mean, that's how excited I was about being saved. It didn't take long for reality to slap me in the face, but the excitement of serving the Lord was that, do you remember the excitement of serving the Lord? Do you remember, do you remember how excited you were about going to church? How excited you were about reading your Bible? How excited you were about prayer? To think to yourself, have you ever thought to yourself, why in the world would God care about anything that I have to say? Ever thought that? I mean, who, who am I? Who am I that God would know my name? Who am, I, who am I that God would want to have a relationship with me? Who am I? You remember that excitement? And somewhere along the way, I don't know when it happens, but somewhere along the way, we start losing some of it. We start losing the edge. We start losing our excitement. We start saying to ourselves, Instead of we get to go to church, do I have to go to church today? I mean, let's be honest. I hope you don't feel that way every day, but you know, or every Sunday, but you know, from time to time we feel that way because life is just hard and heavy and, and difficult. And, and sometimes, it, you know, you, you don't feel like doing this and you don't feel like doing that. You know what's happened? We've lost some of our excitement. We've lost the purpose and the reason why we do what we do. We forgot there was going to be a cost. Do you understand that? There's, there's always a cost. If it's worth doing, there's going to be a cost to it. It's kind of like that saying. You remember that? You ever, you ever heard somebody say that saying when it comes to a diet or if you, if you have diabetes or anything like that? If it tastes good... Spit it out, because <laughs> it probably, probably ain't good for you, right? I mean, think about the things that are good for you. Think, just think about the things that are superfoods, and they're good for you. Guacamole. Come on. I mean, it's just disgusting. I mean, kale, you know. Who, who in the world eats kale on their salad, right? Kale. Greens. Oh, come on. Just, I can't even get past the smell. Liver? Uh-uh. No, no. Super, by the way, it's a superfood. You know, all those foods, I mean, just disgusting. I mean, just disgusting. But think about popcorn. Everybody loves popcorn. Candy. Everybody likes it. Everybody likes a nice piece of candy. Who doesn't like, listen, if you don't like strawberry shortcake, you're not even saved. I mean, that's going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm telling you, I mean, it's good. You know why? It tastes good. You know why? It's got 100 pounds of sugar in it. If it tastes good, spit it out. You know, and we've got to understand that sometimes it's going to cost us something to serve the Lord. It's going to cost us something. I remember, I remember my dad telling me, he said, listen, I'm so proud of you joining the military and getting out after four years. And once you get out, he said, come home. He said, come home, I'll, you know, 
with the GI Bill and, and, and me, we'll, we'll pay for your whole way through college. I'll get you a car, pay for your insurance, get you an apartment there at the college. And I mean, the whole nine yards. I mean, it, you need it. I got it. It's yours. And then I got saved. After I got saved, I said, I called my dad and I said, Dad, I said, um, I, I really don't understand it all. I said, I, but I got saved and, and, and I really want to go to Bible college. Hello? Dad? Hello? It, uh, guess what I got? <laughs> I didn't get a car. I didn't, I didn't, get, I didn't, get, uh, I didn't get money for anything. I but because, listen, it's going to cost you something to serve the Lord. But at the end of the day, is it worth it? It's always worth it. Look through the years. Look through the ages of people that cost them all this money and all this fame and all this power and ultimately even their life to make a stand for Christ. Because let me tell you something, it's always worth it. Because His Word when we send out His Word and when we preach His Word and we share His Word, the Bible says it will never return unto Him void. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it all. It may not be worth it in this world. Understand that. It may, it may, it may seem like you, you can't win for losing. But man, when we get to heaven... And we have something to lay back at the feet of Jesus, it's going to be worth it all. And I'm telling you something, he paid it all. And to serve him is our only logical conclusions. That's what Romans 12 says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It just makes sense sense. The things that we do in this world don't often make sense. Elections, they don't make sense. The things that, the things that happen in, in this world, the, the good people are poor and terrible people are rich. That don't make sense to me. Does it make sense to you? It don't make sense to me. I mean, it's not exclusive, but it happens so often. It seems like the grass is always greener on the other side. It always looks like it. things are going well for that other person or for that other family or for that whoever, whoever. And all you're trying to do is love God and, and serve people and go to church. And, and it seems like you don't got two pennies to scrape together. You ever feel that way? You feel like, I mean... Nothing ever seems to go right. And this car breaks down, and then that car breaks down, and then the air conditioning in the house breaks down, and then the hot water heater goes out, and then this goes, and it's just like one thing after. And then, and then your shoulder goes bum, and then you're, you, know, you, 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 you know, fall off a stool and hit your head. By the way, Ms. Beth got home today, so praise the Lord for that. Um, but, um, but, you know, an accident happens. All these, all these different things happen in our life, and, and most of them are uncontrollable. But they happen. And let me tell you something. Sometimes you can be discouraged when those things happen. I mean, they can get you down. They can weigh you down. And you can always look around and see two kinds of people. You can always see the people that have it better off than you do. They're healthier. 
They got more money in the bank. They got a nicer house. They got nicer cars. Now, now with that nicer house and with those nicer cars comes, you know, a hefty price. We don't think about that part. We just think about how nice somebody else has it. You can always see somebody that has it better than you. But let's be honest. If we're really looking, which we don't generally do, we can always find somebody that's worse off than we are. Physically and and financially. I mean, somebody that doesn't have as nice a car as you do and doesn't have as nice a... Sometimes I think... I think to myself, as a, I said, this year, every year I say this at we once time. Every year I say, this year we're buying a new car. Now, not new, new to us. I, I have no interest in ever buying a brand new car. But anyways, you know, a couple-year-old car, just to, and every year the price keeps going up and up and up. Year ago, year ago, year and a half ago, I went in and I said, listen, I got cash. You know, cash usually speaks volumes. Got cash. I said, what can I get? And I gave him the number, and he laughed at me. He just laughed. He said, <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking for? You looking for a you know, 15-year-old car at that price? It's like, a, well, I guess I'm not getting a car then. This year, said the same thing. Saved up a little bit more. Guess what? Price keeps going up and up and up. And it just seems like it, it's almost there. And then somebody, it's almost there. You ever feel that way sometimes in life? And boy, this life, by the way, God never told you that you're going to have everything in this life that you want. God never said it's going to be good for you in this life. Our reward is not this life. Our reward is the next. Our reward is the judgment seat of Christ. Our reward is spending eternity with Jesus Christ. Our reward is heaven. The things down here are just extras. The things down here are just like, you know, finding a quarter on the ground, you know, or finding a a dollar on the ground. I mean, that's just the rewards down here. That's what they are down here. What we're looking for is not the rewards of this place, but the rewards for the next place. So count the cost. And, and don't be ashamed. Stand up and, and, and press on for the Lord Jesus Christ. And He will never. This world will disappoint you. People will disappoint you. Isn't it disappointing that people disappoint you? Isn't that disappointing? I mean, blood, sweat, and tears you pour into people. And then they, I mean, they just disappoint you. But guess what? That's our nature. We disappoint people. That's what we do. We disappoint God. That's what we do. But let me tell you something. God will never disappoint you. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would apply it to our hearts. Help us to, uh, to stop straddling the fence. Help us to be followers, uh, uh, our leaders, not just followers. And help us, uh, uh, Lord, to count the cost, to uh, take our Christianity seriously. We're living in the last days. Help us to stand up and stand out for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dismiss us with your blessing and give us a great week this week. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you've not signed up, please get 